Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to help yoga teachers transform their teaching by mastering the fundamentals of anatomy. By learning anatomy in my easy step-by-step way, you'll be able to confidently share it in your cues, easily create sequences, and you'll eagerly answer student questions. And all along the way, you'll increase your impact and earning potential. On the podcast here, you will hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, go ahead and visit barebonesyoga.com, my website, for free resource guides for teachers. Download any and all that are there, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. And if you'd like, send me a one-line email with the answer to this question. What's your biggest frustration right now as a yoga teacher? And I'm happy to do some brainstorming with you in a free coaching session. My email address is karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get to today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and today's date is January 31st. 2022. So depending on when you're listening to this, if you listen to it today, when it posts later on, you will be experiencing the last day of the first month of 2022. And if you've listened to any of the podcasts this month, you know that every episode I've been focusing on goal setting and moving forward with your plans, all in an effort to really leverage just the natural energy that always shows up at the beginning of the year. And we can either harness it and use it to our advantage or lament (laughs) its uh, presence and just stand up for our limitations. And I don't know about you, but I am definitely not one to stand for my limitations. I am all about taking a stand for what is possible for me. And so I absolutely love the beginning of the year and do everything that I can. If you guys could see my uh, front office here, because I have a front office in the house. And then I also have like a little small room that I typically use for recording podcast episodes. Um, I have four sheets of big white board paper. And one of them is my 2022 manifesting list. The other one is a list of my projects. I just redid that from um, from what I had, which I got a lot done in January. So I did a fresh one for February 1st, which is tomorrow. I then have my 2022 plan, which takes me through every single month with from a high level, what offers and activities and programs I'm going to be doing. And then I also have a new thing that I've started to look at, which is a list of uh, side hustles. And by that, I mean things that have really nothing to do with being a yoga teacher that are sources of recurring revenue. And let me tell you guys, (laughs) if you ever do any Googling on TikTok about the topic side hustle, you will be blown away uh, in terms of how much stuff is out there that is um, 
just opportunities to make money on the side. And I highly encourage you to do it because I'm sure you're going to find something that has nothing to do with being a yoga teacher that could actually make you some money. I'll just give you a quick preview. One thing that I'm really, really interested in right now is an opportunity to own a series of vending machines that I would put either in different yoga studios or maybe laundromats or uh, just maybe car repair places and have them with healthy food in them and not perishable stuff per se, but healthier snacks than, I don't know about you, but when I think of a vending machine, I don't think of anything in it being healthy. And so uh, I actually have a contact from many years ago. He owns a company called Lean Box here in Boston. And that's exactly what the business model is. And he has corporate contracts and he goes out and puts these lean boxes, uh, which are basically vending machines uh, in different corporate locations. And they have all healthy food. I'm thinking of kind of the traditional vending machine, which believe it or not, you can buy a used vending machine for a couple thousand dollars and in general, I've seen revenue of anywhere between 400 and 600 a month. And that's passive revenue. You're just basically making that money once you invest the original amount. And of course, you need a relationship with the person who owns the place where you've put this thing. But that's just one example. Uh, there are so many different things you can do. So I have a list now of side hustles. And I'm all about diversifying my, my income in terms of where is my revenue coming from. And I would highly recommend you do that as well. If you're working a nine to five job right now, and that is the only way that you make your money, um, I would definitely say have another source of income. If you're working a nine to five job and you're a yoga teacher, bingo, that's great. That qualifies there as a way to have another source of income. If you've been sitting on your, your, your teaching uh, certificate and haven't been teaching, don't do that anymore because it is a source of revenue that's just sitting there waiting to be tapped into. You have the power to start to bring in more revenue. And all you need to do is take the first step. If you're feeling stuck on doing that, I want you to contact me today. And we need to get down to brass tacks with a plan for you that will get you earning some money doing the thing that you spent thousands of dollars to get trained to do. Hello. Um, there are other ways to create passive revenue if you own uh, stocks uh, that pay a dividend. It's not liquid money, but it is a way. So this is just really good um, financial planning. And especially in today's world where we don't know at any point in time what's going to happen, if you are diversified in terms of how you're bringing money in, you're not as susceptible to when something happens to one revenue stream, all of a sudden you have other streams of revenue that you can depend on. So having said all that, I wanted to just start out this podcast, number one, by thanking you for listening. Number two, thanking anyone that has ever, and especially recently sent me a DM or a comment on social media, anything where you've said, I really love your podcast. I want to just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that feedback. And even for you, the listener who maybe hasn't contacted me, but you listen regularly, I see you <laughs> as the kids say, I see you. And I really appreciate your time. I wanted to start out this episode, which is going to be about building your confidence as a teacher. But I wanted to start out with a cool story about manifesting what you want. And years ago, I was not a big manifester. I read The Secret. Um, I kind of sort of bought into it, but I actually thought it was more like magic. And this particular year is my 
effing year to manifest all the stuff I want. And I am not going to be stopped. And I would highly encourage you to do the same and to take on the same attitude because I already started out this year and within the first 10 days manifested exactly one of the things on my list. And I apologize if I told this story earlier. I know I posted about it in Instagram, but I don't think I told the story on the last episode. So I'm just going to quickly go over it in case, oh God, in case I already told this, uh, I apologize. So one of the things I wanted to manifest this year was a red Mini Cooper, a red two-door Mini Cooper. I have had my eye on this type of car for years, but I have had a Subaru that I love and I've had this Subaru since 2002. And so at the beginning of the year on the top of my list, which I'm looking at right now, I had an item for red Mini Cooper two-door. I've never been in a Mini Cooper. I've never driven a Mini Cooper. I don't know anybody that owns a Mini Cooper. I just knew from the looks that that was the car I wanted. But of course, you need to check things out. No good goal is worth pursuing if you don't do the due diligence to really check it and make sure in actuality it is something that you want. So at the beginning of the year, I took some time and I went to a local dealer here in Massachusetts and I looked at my first Mini Cooper and I sat in it. And of course, once I sat in it, I was like, oh my God, I so totally want this. The person there couldn't let me drive it because it wasn't on the ground floor of the showroom. So I left it with them that I'd come back in a week. About two days later, I was up in the middle of the night and I was Googling for articles about Mini Coopers and their performance records. And in an article I was reading was this random link to find used Mini Coopers in your area. And long story short, in the middle of the night, I found a pre-owned Mini Cooper that was in really good shape with very low mileage. And two days later, I had it. And so within the first 10 days of the year, I was able to check off the car, <laughs> the car that I wanted, which was pretty major. And, you know, some of the other things on my list have to do with travel. So I would wonder, you know, for you, what is on your manifestation list? If you don't have one, first of all, why not? <laughs> uh, and second of all, if you took some time to write down what would be on your manifestation list? What would it be? And then the final thing I'm just going to say about this is the following. Oh gosh. And you know what? I really do think I did talk about this because I remember I mentioned manifestation, babe. Well, be that as it may, let me just reiterate <clears throat> that when you start to write down your items for manifesting what you want, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to get down to brass tacks and figure out what the action steps are. And so this is really where it becomes less magic and more just good old project planning. So um, I'm going to wrap up this part of the conversation quickly because I am having a memory of going over this last time. So apologies. Um, however, I still am just so freaking excited about it. Every time I go in the garage, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, and I say I manifested that car. But in actuality, what I did was I came up with a little action plan and I just followed the steps. So friends, yoga teachers, especially, if you're not doing what you want with the teaching background that you have, all it's gonna take is that you map out what you wanna do and then you follow up. Now, I know that that sounds simple and I know that for a lot of you, there's a block there. And I actually just did uh, either a TikTok or an Instagram really yesterday where I, where I offered up a really potent question that you can ask yourself. And honestly, I would ask yourself this every single day. And the question is, 
What is preventing me from having what I want in my life right now? What is preventing me from having what I want in my life right now? This question comes from Tom Hubar's book on neurolinguistic programming, and it's part of the well-formed outcome. And I know I mentioned in my last episode that I had a number of yoga teachers who went through the well-formed outcome process and props to them because they all really put their heart and soul into these conversations and this analysis we did around what it is they want from their yoga teaching. And this question, what is stopping me from what I, from having what I want in my life right now is going to start to reveal to you what the barriers are, whether they're real barriers or perceived barriers, right? Perceived barriers, like I don't have enough confidence, which we're going to talk about in a few seconds, um, or real barriers, like I don't, I don't have, um, I don't know, I don't have transportation to get to where I want to go to teach yoga. Now, does that mean that you throw up your hands and you say, well, I guess I can't teach? Absolutely not. It just means that there's another path to get where you want to go. And this is what I mean about um, standing up for what's possible versus taking a stand for your limitations. I can't tell you until this particular concept was explained to me how much I realized I was actually making a case for my limitations. This idea, and once I saw that in my own behavior, I'm so able to see it when, when I have co communications with yoga teachers. And I'm not saying this in a judgy, judgerton sort of way. I'm just saying this objectively. And I offer this to you, if you can be coachable in this moment, I offer this to you as an opportunity for you to start to see it in yourself. So. You know, when I get emails from yoga teachers about enrolling in my program and they say things like, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have time right now in my schedule to quote unquote, do a program. Um, I have too much going on or I can't see myself clear right now to focus on that. All of that is taking a stand for what your limitations are rather rather than either just saying, you know what, I'm not interested, which is much more honest. And I would much more rather get that from a yoga teacher than all this other stuff, because all that other stuff is really just standing up for your limitations rather than looking at it from the reframed perspective of, well, what's possible? And again, I only say, let's look at it that way if you have an interest and let's just take it away from talking about my program talk about anything in your life rather than you know if it's something that you truly want i'm not talking about stuff you don't want if you don't want it you don't want it and you know what there's nothing more wonderful well let me say it this way it can be really a big relief to just say no to something and maybe no is not at this time it's just that saying no is a final decision for right now, rather than just kind of spinning the drain and saying, well, maybe I want this, maybe I don't want this, or just give yourself a break and just say, you know what? No, no my answer is no right now. And you can say no right now to anything in your life if that is truly what you believe is the right answer for you. However, if you think that that's not really the right answer, that it's time to take a stand for what's possible. And I promise you, once you take that mindset on, you will find lots of ways to make what might seem impossible now possible.
So that's a good um, segue into the main topic for our podcast episode today. And I was thinking early uh, earlier today about what was I going to talk about on the episode this week because I don't have a guest. And I was like, hmm, I wonder where confidence comes from as a yoga teacher because all the teachers I talk to, every, I mean, honestly, it's probably every single one. They always say to me, they want more confidence. And I know, in addition from talking to hundreds of yoga teachers, the skills that help yoga teachers get more confidence. So I know that there's truly a connection between the skills that you have and how you feel. And if I track back from skills, I land at knowledge. So I see a super clear path from gaining knowledge to building skills based on that knowledge to growing more confident. And so that's oftentimes where our conversations go when I have conversations with teachers. And I love hear, seeing the light bulb, bulb go off over their head like, oh yeah, that lack of knowledge is leading to a lack of skills, is leading to a lack of confidence. Like I totally get that, Karen. So, so that's kind of one kind of roadmap I want to lay out for you. And so as I started to think about more about confidence and where it comes from, I wrote down a number of things that I want to just run by you. And I encourage you to DM me on Instagram once you listen to this and let me know where does your confidence come from as a teacher? Or if you find yourself lacking confidence as a teacher, where do you think it would come from? If you close your eyes and imagine yourself as the most confident teacher, what would you have in that way of being that you don't have now? So DM me your answers and I'll share them in a future episode. Cause you know, this is just me talking cause Hey, it's my podcast. However, I would love to share other perspectives. So do it. Send me a DM. All right. So here we go. Confidence comes from number one thing I wrote, although these aren't necessarily ranked in order of importance. The first thing I wrote was owning your niche. Talking about your niche, getting uh, identifying your niche is a huge thing in the digital marketing space. And it has to do with really defining who your target customer is. And a lot of times people are afraid to do this. And I'm talking about just in general, anybody that sells anything online, not just selling a product that has to do with yoga teaching, which is what I do. But anybody that's selling anything online, it's so, so important and very much ingrained in you when you learn about different ways to get your product out there to identify who's it for. And rather than saying it's for, in my case, all yoga teachers, I'm talking specifically to yoga teachers who are interested in mastering anatomy so that they can build more skills in the areas of cueing and sequencing and answering student questions about the body and the practice. And so I could, and over the past couple of months, I've thought about niching down further to just having my program be targeted to new yoga teachers because so many teachers graduate from a teacher training and within 90 days, they realize, holy shit, I really didn't retain any of that anatomy. I really need to figure it out. And then they're on their choose your own adventure process, which never works. If you're doing that, it's, it's probably not working, right? So, so I thought about that. However, there are so many teachers out there who are more experienced and they never filled in those anatomy learning gaps. So I haven't niched down that much. However, I'm talking about niching down as it relates to me offering you and offering teachers my program. Let's think about niching down here from the perspective of what you offer as a teacher 
it meaning in your classes. So if you're feeling like you're just offer, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, if you feel like your classes are general yoga classes, however, you really have an interest in niching down to offering yoga, your yoga to a particular type of student, population of student, or niching down in terms of the type of yoga you offer. That's what I'm primarily talking about for purposes of this conversation. Because a lot of times that is related to what resonates with us. So when we niche down and really own that, I am not teaching for the general public. I am teaching um, people over the age of 55 who have memory issues and functional movement issues. And I want to help them build more enjoyment into their life uh, through accessing a healthier body and, and all that comes with it. Having more mobility, having more independence, like that is a super defined niche. And when you really own what your niche is without being afraid of, oh my God, I'm going to miss out on all these other people I could be teaching. That's where confidence comes from. Because number one, you're doing exactly what you want and what you feel you were called to do. And number two, you don't give a crap about the people that you're not teaching because you don't want to teach those people. And it takes balls to do that, right? It takes confidence to own that, to do that, and to not worry about the other stuff that quote unquote, you're not getting, you know, all of that mindset is the scarcity mindset. And that's another thing that I chucked several years ago. And it was hard because I was like, oh my God, you know, what if I'm doing anatomy and focus on anatomy and, you know, so-and-so is doing it and so-and-so is doing it. And we have the same people we're quote unquote going after for our programs that we're selling. I don't even worry about that anymore. You know, the world is huge. There's millions of people in it and <laughs> I'm not worried about that. So I would encourage you to, you know, part of your confidence, I believe is going to come from really owning your niche. And if you're not sure what your niche is, well, geez, that's another great reason to get in touch with me and let's get on the phone and do a little brainstorming and let's find out what that is. So that's the first thing. The second thing is letting go of concern about other people's opinions. Like, hello, can we just retire in 2022, the concept of imposter syndrome? I mean, my friend Patty Ivy, who was on the podcast about two or three months ago, she had a great thing that she said about it. And she said, you know what? I love imposter syndrome because it means I'm doing something that's a little beyond my reach right now. And if you want to find out a way to build your confidence, do a lot of stuff like that. Do a lot of stuff. And I talk about that in a few seconds as one of the things on the list that does fill out of your comfort zone rather than focusing on it as I'm not ready. I'm an imposter. Everybody else is better than me. And this whole idea of what other people are going to think, try not to be focused on that. Like, I know it's hard to do, especially in the world of social media. However, you know, do you think I give a crap when I post stuff on social media? I don't. I do what I want to do. And I love the stuff I post. To me, it's like journaling. Now, do I have all of you in mind when I do it? Of course, I'm not going to post like all this stuff that's going on in my personal life that really doesn't have anything to do and doesn't provide any value to you. I mean, yeah, every once in a while I told, you know, I put about the, the car, but that ties to manifestation, which I can tie into, you know, kind of mindset. And so it's all sort of related, but I don't do a lot of like posting my family and, you know, so there is sort of that involved as well in terms of a little bit of a perimeter around it. What I'm talking about is, just 
doing what you want to do, going into your classes and teaching, opening up your computer when you teach online, putting out those blog posts, writing that book, you know, going and making those phone calls, those cold calls to places where you want to teach and not worrying about what other people think about you. When you can start to do that and let go of that concern, your confidence is going to come in spades because you're your own person. So that's the second thing. The next thing is getting experience. Hello, confidence comes from experience. Now, if you're out there and you're going to start to take a stand for your limitations, well, I don't have enough experience to get experience. Well, guess what? Get your butt out there because that's how you're going to get experience. So, you know, the best teacher is experience. Yes, there's going to be different levels of experience. However, you sitting around thinking about how you don't have experience is certainly not helping you get any. So one of the best ways to get your confidence level up is to just get out there and start doing what you want to do. And of course, here in this conversation, we're talking about confidence for yoga teaching. So there it is. You got to start teaching. Uh, the next thing, having knowledge that relates to your skill. You know, this is where my whole focus of helping yoga teachers understand the link between confidence and knowledge and skill is so tied in. You know, what I mentioned earlier, if you're lacking confidence as a yoga teacher, you're teaching movement. If you're teaching movement, you got to understand anatomy. And that's where the skills that you're going to need as a yoga teacher are going to come from. So, you know, knowing and understanding and having the knowledge that relates to the skill that you want, that is gonna help you build your confidence. Because otherwise, as I always say, at least in terms of yoga teaching, you're just standing there repeating stuff. You can't answer a question about it. You can't change it up in the moment. You're just repeating phrases. That's just like an actor. You're just taking on a role. Here's your script. And you're just going through that. Now, as you start out as a teacher, yes, you're gonna lean on that script. And that's not a problem. It's just that over time, you've, you know, the, the confidence is going to come from you stepping off of that script, away from that script, and sharing things from your own knowledge. And many times what's going to happen is that, is that you're going to realize, and this is where many yoga teachers realize, oh my God, I didn't retain any of that anatomy. You know, and again, it's not just about anatomy. If you, in your style of yoga teaching, need particular skills, whether it's trauma-informed yoga teaching or, you know, working with people with physical disabilities or kids or, you know, troubled teenagers, whatever your niche is, right? Call back to what we just talked about. If you don't have skills to, to do that, of course, you're going to lack confidence there. So having the knowledge that builds the skills that you need to do what you want to do with your teaching. The next thing is putting yourself intentionally in new situations. I want you to think back right now to anything you did where you were like, oh my God, am I going to be able to do this? And then you did it and you just felt so awesome. Even if you kind of screwed up, you just felt so great, right? I mean, think about those of you out there with kids. What are you doing with your kids? You're putting them in situations where they haven't had any, they don't have any experience and you're giving them tons of positive feedback regardless of the outcome. And they feel so great about that. From that, from having just put their toe in the water and you know tried something new, 
this is part of where your confidence is going to come from even when you're unsure of the outcome even when you're unsure of your ability you still do it anyway and the more things you do that fall into that category the bigger your confidence is going to grow inside you and the more you'll start to build that mindset that I can do whatever the F I want. I don't need to have a ton of experience to try it, to put myself in that situation. I can do it and I can deal with whatever happens because I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't put much weight in that. I'm doing it because it's on my list of things I want to do to help me get from point A to point Z, Z being where I want to be. And that's, that's in part where you build your confidence. The next thing is, having a personal development plan and following through. You know, I can certainly speak from my own experience with this uh, in my whole life because I'm a huge project planner. And even just in the past couple of days, as I've been approaching the end of January, and as I said, I literally had that whiteboard paper taped to my wall. And last night when I refreshed it and wrote a new one for February, I was able to like look at how many things I completed. And I felt Read about that. You know, there's nothing that makes you feel less confident than when you've got all these things that you want to do and you don't do them <laughs> and you don't do them. And like, it goes back to what I said earlier, what's preventing you from doing what you want to do right now? All those things you're saying, all those things you're thinking that are preventing you are not really preventing you, are they? What's preventing you is I don't know, maybe you're afraid, maybe you're unwilling, maybe you, you know, you've just got some things going on inside you in terms of your perception of yourself. Those are things that can be not even worked around, worked through. And on the other side is all of this confidence just waiting for you. And as a teacher waiting to fuel the connection you're going to make with your students, waiting to be a beacon for your students, because believe me, students can feel confidence come through. And that is a way for you to be a shining example for your students. Even if they don't literally talk to you about where you get your confidence from, they can feel that energy from you. They can feel it whether you're teaching online or in person. So that's another great reason to build your confidence. It helps you build a better connection with your students. So right now, if you don't have a personal development plan and you don't even have a sense of what would even be on that, you know, and again, I'm talking about as it relates to your yoga teaching, you may have other things in your personal life that you want to put on that list. My role here is not that. My role here is to help you with the things that have to do with your teaching. You know, if you don't have a plan like that and you want to create a plan like that for your teaching, that is another reason to get in touch with me. And I would love to do some brainstorming with you. And, you know, side note here throughout this episode, this is now the third time I've put out an offer to get you on the phone with me. So I can help you with some of the development of this stuff. I'm not charging you for that. So I don't want you to hear that offer and be like, oh, she's going to charge or I don't have the money. And again, standing up for your limitations. I love to do this kind of stuff just to get teachers on the phone with me, just so we can have some conversation. I can find out where are yoga teachers at right now, you know, physically and mentally. Like I love to talk to teachers from all over the world and have these kinds of brainstorming sessions with them. You can call it a coaching session or whatever you want to call it, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, whatever it is. And in large part, part of the reason why I like it, why I like to do it is because it helps me understand what 
issues yoga teachers are facing right now. And also, I'm pretty much in my house all the time. And as a yoga teacher, all of the interaction I used to have in person with other teachers has pretty much been gone. <laughs> and so all of the conversations I have with people like this helps me have contact with other teachers. It builds a sense of community. And I bet on some level, you're probably feeling a little bit of that as well. And I don't want to call it isolation because I don't feel isolated. I feel completely energized and connected. However, the more opportunities that I can create to have that sense of community, to be in touch with other yoga teachers, it, and every time I do it, the other person always says like, oh my God, this is so great to connect with another teacher. Because let's face it, how many times have you been reaching out to your family members and your significant others and talking to them about yoga? And at this point, they're probably like, I don't want to really talk about yoga anymore. So it's so important that we have other yoga teachers to talk to. So again, don't hesitate. All of these things I'm talking about uh, where I'm saying, hey, get in touch with me. All you have to do is send me an email or DM me on Instagram, and I'm happy to set one of those sessions up with you, uh, just a complimentary one. So let's just go over as we wrap up here, the list confidence comes from owning your niche, letting go of concern about others' opinions, getting experience in teaching, having knowledge that relates to your skill, putting yourself intentionally in new situations and having a personal development plan for your teaching and following through. So in wrapping up today's episode, I want to just say two things in wrap up, three things. Number one, um, a couple of times in this episode here, I've mentioned my own program, which helps you master anatomy so that you can teach with more confidence. And that program is called the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program. It's called a blueprint learning program because I take you through my personal or patented or trademarked, it's not officially trademarked, um, but I take you through my own process teaching you anatomy in a step-by-step -step way, which is very unique and very different from what other programs are about. This is a step-by-step -step way, which means it's organized and stress-free. And if you want to get on the wait list, so you are the first person notified the next time I open enrollment, just go to my website, barebonesyoga.com. And right on the homepage is the link for the wait list. When you get on the wait list, I will email you immediately and I'll confirm that you are interested in the program and what interested you in it. And then I'll let you know the next time I'm going to be opening enrollment. So that's number one. Number two, as you probably know, I offer free half hour weekly classes on uh, classes in my virtual studio. So they are virtual. Therefore, anybody can come. 30 minute classes, totally free. Check my website virtual class page for the schedule. Every week I post a new schedule, typically on Saturdays or Sundays for the week coming up. The website you probably know is barebonesyoga.com. And then the last thing I want to say, if you are still listening, I see you. <laughs> and I want to thank you so much for sticking with me for this entire episode. And one of the thing I do want to mention is I am on uh, TikTok now and I'm doing every day a TikTok video and a reel on Instagram. So you guys can get really short anatomy lessons and other yoga teaching tips, business tips, personal development tips, myth busting, motivational tips, um, and themed posts on both my TikTok and my Instagram. Both are holding videos um, much, much better and more interactive than just uh, straight up 
picture posts. So thank you again for listening. I love doing this podcast. I would love to know what you think. So don't forget, if you have a second, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what you thought of this week's episode. Have a great week ahead. I love that you're listening and I'll talk to you next week. Namaste. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Before you go, I want to let you know about a new mini course I just created as of October 2021. It's called the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program mini course. It's essentially an introductory version to my signature program that teaches you anatomy so that you grow your confidence in sharing cues and sequences and in all those conversations you have with your students. If you're like some of the yoga teachers I speak to, you might feel as if you don't have the time to do my full program. That's one of the main reasons I created this mini course, which will give you all the same steps in my signature blueprint approach to teaching you anatomy and will allow you to complete it in much less time. There are 10 modules each of about 10 minutes each, and the entire program walks you through mini lessons from the larger program. You'll leave with specific new skills that you can start to use right away. You may also leave with a keen interest in enrolling in the larger program because your curiosity and confidence have been stoked. For you, the podcast listener, I'm offering $5 off the purchase price of the mini program, which is just priced at $27. So the cost will go down to $22 for you. Once you complete the mini course, you'll see in the next step section how to get a $50 credit to put towards the larger program should you decide to invest in that in the future. To purchase the mini program, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com, click the link for online courses and select the mini course link. When you check out before you enter your credit card, enter the code podcast and you will receive the $5 off. I hope you enjoy the program. I hope it stokes your curiosity and builds your confidence. Namaste.